This is Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Morning Jolt is a production of Spoke Street Media. Wake up! We're back. Morning Jolt. Sister Ignatia here with my friend, Sister Regina. She agreed to talk to me again. Isn't that amazing? Thank you. You're welcome. I had a cancellation in my schedule, so it just kind of wow fit in. <laughs> I'm so honored, man. Sister Regina, I don't think people know, and I'm like actually trying to think myself. Like, did you? I feel like you you played sports. I played sports what mostly. I wasn't always really coordinated with hand and eye and all that. So my favorite thing to do was run. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Little known fact. Where were some of the places that you ran before you became a sister? Oh, well, <laughs> one of the places that I ran was onto our property here at the mother house. And what happened when well, you did that? <laughs> you see, I had been here uh, with permission from the sisters. Of course. I mean, of I, course. I paid to get in after all to spend the day here. <laughs> <laughs> on a you know on a retreat, on a, re- on a retreat, and it was so lovely, and I was captivated. It was my first time ever at a convent, and I said, "How am I going to get back there soon?" Well, I only lived a few miles away, so the next day when I was out running, I thought, "Well, I'll just run right over there, and you know, kind of take a little jaunt around the campus, and just head back <laughs> home." But when I got to the gates, I noticed there was a sign that said. No trespassing. (laughs) (laughs) And you promptly ran right by. Yeah, I thought about it a little (laughs) bit, you know. And as soon as I crossed that threshold, I thought, oh, boy, I am on the sister's private property. But it's so beautiful. It was springtime and the trees were all blooming with their flowers. I mean, it was just irresistible. <laughs> irresistible. Well, that, that's why you're here. That is why I'm here because <laughs> I took my little run around the hill and everyone seemed to be very friendly. There were many sisters and even lay people outside. So I figured, okay, I'll just wave and they wave back. But on my way back down the hill, this pickup truck pulled up alongside me and kind of a rough voice and kind of, you know, seemed a little upset that I was there and asked me what I was doing. Did I know the sisters? Was I here for Jubilee? And I had no idea what he was talking about. So when he realized I was kind of a stranger and a trespasser, he (laughs) told me to leave and never come back. Oh, no. And here you are. (laughs) And here I am. Thank you for persevering. (laughs) Yeah, you know, now I'm here and I'm never leaving. So it's kind of (laughs) funny that he made that comment. Oh, and full disclaimer, when our convent is open and safe, you are allowed to come to adoration. We actually encourage you to do that. <laughs> Maybe just not not like a run in the park sort of thing. But yeah, yeah we love to pray with you. That would be great. <laughs> oh, Sister Regina. Well, a little while ago, we talked about St. Joseph, and it was pretty clear we had a lot more to share. And he wants, I mean, he wants to get out there. I just feel like, yeah, he needs to be known. So for some of you maybe don't know or don't know much about our community, we have a great devotion to St. Joseph. Our mother foundress would, anytime she would go to a convent and had to look hard to even find a statue of St. Joseph, 
she rectified that quite quickly that St. Joseph needs to be honored in this house because he will bless us. Um, so brought Sister Regina just to like share a little bit about like, yeah, our community's devotion to St. Joseph and then just like maybe our own connections to him as our father, our foster father. And you want to share a little bit about like, yeah, why, why did mother even have a devotion to St. Joseph? How did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I think for a couple of reasons, one reason being that when she was very young, her father died and she was missing that father figure in her life. She did have an uncle who was very devout and had a tremendous influence on her life and vocation. But um, I just picture her really turning to St. Joseph and depending upon him for his fatherly love. And then, I mean, well, that's a whole nother story about like, yeah, how our mother founder started a community and all those things. But then like it became pretty clear that that devotion was like pulled her through (laughs) St. Joseph. Um, Yeah. Is there like a specific story that you like to remember of her and St. Joseph? I do, you know, you're talking about, you know, she's not finding a statue in, in the convent when she goes and she takes care of that quickly. Well, there was a story of um, her going to visit the novices. They had a special convent. At the time, there were 600 novices. 600. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Where do you put 600 people under one roof, you know? all living together. So they had a a old, it was sort of an abandoned castle in Germany. She went to eat with them and they were in the dining room and they ran out of food after, you know, like their first little bowl of soup or whatever. And so one of the sisters motions to one of the other sisters to go get more food. And so the other sister tries to tell her without saying anything, there is no more food, but she motioned to her again, go to the kitchen So the sister goes and comes back with nothing. And Mother Maria Theresia says, oh, sisters, you know, I am always happy to share your poverty with you, but you really must not have a devotion to St. Joseph around here because he would be taking care of your needs. Where is your statue to St. Joseph? And so the sisters had to admit that he was up in the attic and he was covered with dust. So while everyone else went to sleep, you know, mother got the statue out and she cleaned them all up and she put a little, uh, she had a tradition of putting a little purse around his neck with bills that needed to be paid or things like this. And inevitably, always, always, always the food or the money or whatever it was would show up exactly what they needed. And this particular time, that is what mother did. And the next morning, a wagon arrived full of bread and eggs and milk and coffee and everything that they needed. And the sisters were just amazed. But mother had such a deep trust in him and connection with him that, uh, yeah, he always took care of the sisters' needs. Mm. And other little known fact that's carried on to our day, obviously, like we tell these stories, but also... When our sisters receive their name, they receive a title after the name. So we sometimes do like to refer to each other as, you know, Sister Regina of St. Joseph, Sister Ignatia of St. Joseph, like telling everyone that we do belong to him and his special patronage. And I always find it funny. I mean, we have a lot of statues around this place, a lot. And many of them are St. Joseph. And if the statue of St. Joseph is at a height where a little nun hand can reach it, 
there will be a stack of papers yes. at the bottom of it um, asking him for anything. Um, so I am so, I just like, I just, it's so dear. And it's, um, so at our mother house in Germany, there is the original statue that mother, um, that was special to mother and it's still there. And there's this like hole in the back of it. So then it's like stuffed with papers. So then like all of our statues around our mother house here have like little notes kind of tucked under the feet of the statue of St. Joseph asking for all sorts of things, you know, knowing that he's going to come through. So yeah, I'm thankful that community has taught me. I think St. Joseph is just kind of like another saint. He's up there, but he's not our lady, you know, something like that or something, but not, no, he is like has his own, um, his own gifts to give us. Um, yeah, and sister, do you mind like sharing a little bit about? So we have our community devotion to Saint Joseph, but like, yeah, what your own devotion to Saint Joseph might like looks like, or how he's um, kind of helped you personally. Yes, through the years since I've entered community, I have taken various needs to him, uh, whether it be my own personal needs or needs of others family members, those I've been working with in various apostolates, prayers for vocations, prayers for priests. And I just always trust and know that he's going to answer those. I do have a really sweet story of a couple years ago. Uh, we were doing a community novena to St. Joseph leading up to his feast on March 19th. We usually, I think every year we have done this. And each day we take a different story of how he's provided for our community. And then we you know, entrust our needs, current needs to him. Well, my mom was having some challenges with a particular thing at the time. And I told her, oh, you know, we're doing this novena to St. Joseph as a community. And I told her all about it. And she said, well, where can I get a novena to St. Joseph? (laughs) Where can I get one of those? (laughs) (laughs) So I promptly provided her with a novena to St. Joseph. And she was just really excited about it. And that made me so happy. And then I told her, you know, how we like to tuck our petitions under St. Joseph's statue. And um, she said, well, where can I get a statue of St. Joseph? (laughs) I'm going to go get one. (laughs) I said, well, let me check. Actually, the community was very generous um, and provided her with us. It's actually the entire Holy Family, but it's very precious because Joseph is sort of just enveloping Mary and Jesus, and um, he's got them within his arms. And she's got that on her dresser to this day, and she, she just really counts on him. And I've seen her trust in him for help in times of difficulty, and I've definitely seen like God's peace in her heart. Um, which really is is the greatest fruit of all because we pray sometimes for our trials to be taken away, but peace and trials is, I mean, that's essential no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. So well, I think what I'm hearing you're saying is also perhaps bearing a statue of St. Joseph in the yard upside down uh, might not be the best way of honoring him. Is that Am I picking that up or is... Yeah, I'm not sure where that started. (laughs) Me neither. I don't think you have to bury him. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he would honor you even if you didn't bury him? Wow. I I think that... Well, and the funny thing is... Now, I do remember hearing, if if you don't mind me sharing this, uh, my parents were trying to sell their house at a certain point in time a long time ago, and it wasn't selling for years and years. 
And they did. My mom did begin to pray to St. Joseph for the sale of the house. I don't think she buried the statue upside down. But the point is, like, after your house sells and you move into your new house, you're supposed to put the statue of St. Joseph in a prominent place. But I don't know why you wouldn't just put it in a prominent place all along. <laughs> that's that's maybe the moral of our story right here. <laughs> so if Joseph is not honored in your home, maybe just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, I think it took kind of coming into community, seeing what a lived devotion to St. Joseph looks like and realizing like back over my life, like, oh, I've been like surrounded by Joseph. Uh, My dad's name is Joseph. My brother's name is Joseph. So it was at least, yeah, on my mind, like, okay, yeah, my dad, I see my dad pray. And I remember asking, you know, you have those like, you're in your 20s and you have those like conversations with your parents like you know you're both adults at that point and you know have these more serious conversations yeah so I just remember my dad sharing like yeah I learned to be a father like by watching Saint Joseph or praying to him or like when he would pray during his lunch break or something um so yeah like so these like light bulbs kind of went off um in my mind of like Oh, like, yeah, that's a real devotion. Like that's having a friendship with a saint to like, yeah, rely on them for help spiritually, materially. So yeah, I'm very thankful for the uh, earthly Joes in my life (laughs) (laughs) along with, uh, yeah, my, yeah, our heavenly uh, Father St. Joseph. So I guess, yeah, if you just take away one thing, it would be, St. Joseph wants to take care of you. Yes. That's what he does. Yes, he so. does. Awesome. Well, Sister Regina, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, if there's another opening in your social calendar, will you let me know? <laughs> well, you are kind of my boss, so. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I'll put it in there. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Well, thanks and uh, see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you like Religious Life as much as I do. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, contact us at our website, ssfpa.org. He leads, I follow. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.